Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Transform TV podcast series. Today, I'm joined by a special guest who's coming to us all the way from Latin America, actually. Uh, today, we're joined by Douglas Guillerme, who is the Vice President Supply Chain Global Markets at Ecolab. Uh, Douglas, thank you so much for being part of uh, Transform TV. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Maria. Thanks. Really, thanks for, for the opportunity to come here. So why don't we start with a simple question that I ask everybody. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey so far? Okay. So I am a supply chain professional with 25 years experience. Uh, I started in, uh, in Brazil. So I started in cosmetic business in Avon, uh, going for different disciplines, engineering, quality, logistics, manufacturing. Uh, then I moved to pharma business uh, in, in a Dutch company. Then I went to Procter & Gamble where I worked for 14 years. And I had the opportunity to go for a food industry at Fonterra. It's a, a company from New Zealand. And now about a year and a half at Ecolab, a B2B company. So I, I love supply chain. Uh, I think I've been in Brazilian, European, American company, different disciplines. So I, I love the matter. Well, you obviously have a wealth of experience across multiple sectors. So you can give us a view on uh, the industry, on the profession. Um, let's dive straight into resilience, because that is a word that everyone keeps talking about, especially nowadays with the pandemic. Uh, what does supply chain resilience look like to you and to your business? Okay, so at Ecolab, we are a global leader in water, hygiene, infection prevention, and uh, solution and service now. And uh, more than ever, be resilient is important. No? So last year, we, we learned how to work from home. Uh, we learned how to, to connect via Zoom. I have my nephew connecting from Australia every day with my mom uh, here in Brazil. Uh, and we, we learned as well how to serve our customer virtually and how to redefine our supply chain. No? So for me, uh, resilience now is to tap into this strength that we learned and have this balance between the agility to, to take the early signs and react and also to have these preventive systems to, to, as a BCP for what's coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, what, what have you guys been doing? Do you have any kind of initiatives that you've been implementing to improve supply chain planning during or maybe for the era post-pandemic, whenever that is going to be? Yes. So in supply chain, we... we, uh, we want to be part of the frontline. So we tell our associates that we're part of frontline to enable growth, uh, margin improvement and productivity. No? Uh, in planning, for instance, we, we have redefined our IBP. So what we implemented was the weekly cycles, what we call here is uh, weekly SNOP or SNOP Express, to take these early signs. There are many markets that are shutting down, customers that are opening, borders that are, are shutting down. So we have to take these insights from the co our commercial colleagues and react faster. No? So mm -hmm. this is something that we have to change. The other thing is we have many of our customers that they keep their operations because they are essential, but we cannot be there with that. No? So we have to learn how to serve them virtually. No? So we have some pilots on uh, remote assistance using virtual reality, augmented reality. Uh, other things that we've done here is we accelerated the local for local, what we call lo for the localization, no? so to be less dependent on China or, or US. 
so many things happening. It's been very, very interesting. Well, it's certainly been an area for growth for everybody, or I guess a learning curve for, for everybody. And, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about is digital transformation. We've been talking about it a lot before COVID and after COVID. What kind of impact did technology play on um, this period for you guys? I think the, the, the key here is a balance between technology and, and collaboration. No? Uh, in our company, we have this DNA for, for technology. Uh, and we've done a, a lot of things, not to improve our demand forecasting, to, to collaborate with customers. We are using many fail-safe solutions, on manufacturing logistics, uh, but also the part of collaboration. Uh, what's been important here was the, the our obsession by our, our customers. We have this target of 95% die foot, but this is something that we have to rethink now because we cannot just say that 5% of our customers in a tough look, so that they won't get what they, what they want or deserve. No? So mm-hmm. we need to try for perfection here. So I, I think we have to combine and use uh, what we learned from the pandemic to accelerate technology, but also to, to, to expand our collaboration. Okay. And, um, you know, what, what do you think? Because I like what you said there, that, you know, it's something that you need to do, you know, in terms of technology and collaboration, they go hand in hand, right? Uh, is there any technology that excites you right now that you think this is a really interesting technology that's coming around, the, you know, or that you guys are really interested in? Yes. So I, I started by educating myself. You no, know? So I have to lead by example. I, I just completed my, my certification on machine learning. And I think that the, the potential machine learning is, is tremendous. Uh, also on, on Power Apps, I just completed a training on, on Power Apps because we, we have many opportunities to, to be paperless and, and to drive faster decisions. And so, yes, first of all, I'm, I'm doing this because I, I have to learn then to ask my team to, to learn. And the other thing I'm, I'm asking and we're doing is we're piloting and we're piloting many, many things. Now, as I mentioned, we are piloting the uh, remote assistance. Uh, we're piloting uh, how to drive uh, visibility on our control towers, uh, so on and so forth. Now, and, and this goes from the basics like in safety, where we have to use technology to predict where the next accident will happen. So I, I want to be certain to understand which country, which shift, which machine, and which operator is more vulnerable and ha- will have the next uh, accident to, to work before it happened. No? So technology has been a, a great player for, for us at Ecolab. Especially during COVID, I imagine, right? So uh, certainly then. Let me ask you, what about communications? You know, you talk about end-to-end collaboration, right? So uh, how does a big organization like Ecolab, how do you, you know, manage uh, communications or what did you implement in order to get your key stakeholders to be um, on the same page? So I think that, number one, we, we had to redefine or rethink our SNOP process, no? So we have to be very close to our uh, commercial colleagues to understand what what was happening, not only in the formal process, but understand what they were hearing from from the market. No, so uh, from one day to another, we had uh, paper companies shutting down or opening, bravery companies open and, and shutting down borders, as, as I mentioned. So this type of collaboration was a, a key neighbor for us to react faster. The other thing is 
give the authority for the people that are close to the action to take decisions. Now, so we don't have to wait to go to come to a director or vice president to take any decision when people are accountable and they can take uh, the actions that correspond to them. Now, so we have two things. One is what we call a stop work authority. Whenever they see something that's not correct to do because of safety or quality or whatever, they can shut down a plant. They don't need to ask authorization for this. And the other thing is, if they see that they need to take an action to take a decision in the third shift, they, they are the president of the third shift. No, they, they don't have a CEO for the third shift. And so we give this freedom for, for within framework for them to, to work. So you empower them. Exactly. You empower them. Okay. And it's a year later from when the pandemic first began. What would you say would be your, your biggest lessons learned in the last year? I'm sure there's a long, long list, huh? Yes. We, we hired the best uh, chief technology officer in, in the world, which was the, the, the pandemic itself. No? So we learned that we have to be faster. Uh, many of our BCPs uh, were, were not perfect. No, they, they worked we didn't stop any of our factory, but we learned that uh, uh, the, the way that we are programmed in our RCCP in, in during the supply review, for instance, uh, was not able to cover for a 40X growth in a market. Now I have a, an interesting case that we used to produce 20 tons of a, a certain product. And from one day to another, we had to sell to, to the government uh, 400 tons. Now. So there was not, not a system that could predict this uh, so we learned that we have to be more agile, that we have to redefine uh, what we call our BCPs and to enable and, and to give more accountability to our people. Okay. And um, can you share some uh, performance measures, some KPIs? You know, you've already mentioned some things here, but maybe expand a little bit on that. No, of course. Look, we have... To take our to, to keep our eyes on the lagging indicators, no. But we, we cannot uh, forget, and we manage our systems and our process via lead indicator via KPIs. Now, so it, it's not thinking about. And I'm coming back to safety because it's it's easy to understand and correlate. If you start measuring accidents, uh, you're reacting to a, a post-mortem fact. No? So you have to look for where where are the safe and unsafe behaviors, safe and unsafe conditions, et cetera, et cetera, no? to, to predict what's happening in the future. Here is the same. No? If you want to, to have the right balance on inventory, you have to, to have your safety stock compliance uh, and manage it well, because then you don't have an excess uh, that you become obsolete or, uh, or some market or some product that you have to replenish. Uh, so this is one of them. Uh, the other one is, imports lead time compliance or uh, quality parameter, parameterization in the, on the floor, uh, rush orders, uh, on-time shipping. So we, we have what we call run to standard. The mm -hmm. teams on the floor, they manage the lead indicators in a day-to-day -day, and they see if there is anything that is going out of what's expected. And if yes, they can escalate and get help. Okay. and and. How do you think, I'm, I'm going to take this back a little bit more general, more general questions, especially because we've been talking in depth quite a lot about what you've been doing there. How do you think the supply chain profession has changed since you started? Uh, and, and what has the impact on COVID been to the supply chain profession, in your opinion? 
that, that's a good question. I, I'd say that I, I would divide in, in two groups now because we always need the, the supply chain professionals and practitioners that they have the deep understanding in, in each one of the disciplines in supply chain, you know, being on planning or logistics or engineering or manufacturing, etc. So we, we need these guys to be to have this knowledge in depth. Now, for the ones that they they want to be the supply chain practitioners for the future and to be the leaders of the organizations, uh, what I'd say and what I've seen as a, a difference is one, uh, we are part of the business. And if we don't understand, and we, if you don't, you, you cannot talk to the CFO uh, about the numbers as well as they can, or if we cannot talk about technology with the CTO uh, as well as they can, if we're not proficient on, on, on digital or uh, diversity and inclusion, we, we'll start becoming obsolete. You know? So I think the biggest change I see since my early years in, in Avon to now is, Technology, it's uh, uh, the basics uh, and you have to have, uh, and the, the part of uh, knowing the business in depth, uh, it's, it's a must, it's a must. Otherwise we will be someone that is, that, that's not building uh, the future of the company or the numbers of the company. Do you think that the supply chain leader now has more of a stake in the overall strategic say of a business than they did probably when you got started? Absolutely, absolutely. Supply chain used to, to be seen as a, a function. Oh, and today yeah. we are part of the business. We are part of the, the, the front line, as I mentioned. Oh, we, uh, we can drive decisions and, and numbers for good. Well, and, and not only that, but you know what I would say, a lot of companies have failed or succeeded because of the strength of their supply chains, you know? And I think it became more evident now with the pandemic, no? So yeah. without supply chain, we don't have vaccines, we don't have products, you don't have... Toilet so paper. Toilet paper, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which was, which was in the news everywhere here, you know? Uh, so so that's that's the profession. What what does the new normal look like to you? I, I think we've been... Uh, in this period that we have seen many crises, no? and we saw this health crisis, economic crisis, environmental crisis, and political crisis. And I, I think we learned a lot uh, with this. Crises are here to stay, no? and, and we can take this as, as a, a, a crisis or, or a blessing. And, and I, I tend to be positive in my life. Uh, I tend to, to, to ask my team to be positive and to see the, the right side of this. Uh, my part of my business that I, my second hat I used to have it was Latin America, and we had the best best year ever uh, for the company. No, uh, I, I'd say that we have to tap into the learnings that we had during pandemics and elaborate it even more. Keep working close to the the, the commercial folks. Uh, keep keep learning from the from digital, and being fast and agile. We have to adapt. No, that there will be more crises coming in unfortunately. And, and what about agile? Do you know what uh, everyone keeps talking about an agile supply chain uh, and agile in general? What are you doing to ensure that your processes and your teams and everybody are as agile as possible? Yes, I'll come back to, to one comment I, I made. No, one is to tap into technology. So you, you have to have a way to get sensing from the market, from the, uh, from the business and react uh, delivering the product that is needed. 
On the other hand is, if you don't take care of your organization, uh, enabling them to take actions. Uh, as I mentioned, no, the, 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 the shift leader for the third shift, he's the CEO of the company at this time. No, there is no director at 3 a.m. in the plant to, to, to take the shot. So what I would say is a combination on uh, tapping into technology and also uh, creating the, this culture where it's, it's okay for them to take, take risks, take uh, actions, and to have this stop, uh, stop work authority when needed. Do you know, I was talking to someone today about um, letting your teams feel safe to fail uh, and creating a startup environment in your team. Um, what's your opinion on those two things? It's easy to say, hard to do. No, but uh, absolutely necessary. It's absolutely yeah. necessary. We, we are here to build leaders better than us. No? So uh, my, my role in the company is to prepare who will be the next vice president that will be much, much better than me. And in order to do this, I, I have to let them fail. I have to let them try. Uh, I don't have the best answers. Uh, we collectively are smarter than any of us alone. Mm-hmm. No? So uh, either said and done, but uh, this is something that we have to do and practice every day. So let's go back to the new normal. Um, are you going to be traveling as much? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, Look, four years ago, or five, five years ago, being at Procter & Gamble, I remember I had a year of 250 days traveling, no? and I was managing both Latin America and IMEA. And for me, the way to manage IMEA was being in IMEA. No? So I had my family in Panama, and I went to Egypt or UAE, in India, and, and that was the normal for me. We learned that this is not really necessary. No, we just finished our uh, corporate audit for safety and uh, and compliance virtual. Uh, so, as I mentioned, no, I, I I'm moving to to US. My assignment is based in Chile. I'm today in Brazil, and we learned that we don't have to work from home. We can work from everywhere, anywhere. No. Mm. I, well, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think, doesn't that show the possibilities? When I, when I look back to my audience and I, and I talk to some of them and I say, I bet you if I had asked you a year ago, can uh-huh. you work from home? Can you spend a month in your house working? And I mean, 99.9% of everybody, 100% of all the supply chain leaders I know would have said impossible, impossible, right? Would you have said that? Yes, yes I would say that. Look, I, I, I have a good background on manufacturing. I love to be close to people. And that's what, what I miss the most, you know, be close yeah. to people. But uh, for me, it was unthinkable what we're having today. You know? So it's been a year that I, I don't go to visit uh, other countries. Yeah. Uh, as much as I can, I go to visit the plant in the country that I am in. Yeah. But that's a, a new way to see things. You know? Well, absolutely. I mean, the great working from home experiment has, has worked, hasn't it? No, no one's saying that it's you know black or white, right? No one's saying we're only going to work from home or we're only going to work. But I think the new normal, and I, I'd be interested in your opinion, is sort of a combination, isn't it? It's a little bit more flexible. It's a little bit more agile, to use that word. Uh, and certainly it is um, maybe more diverse, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and more inclusive. And, and with this, we can, and this is for another discussion, no, we, we, we can eliminate some bias uh, yes. we used to have on, on inclusion. Um, and, and it's not only working from home. No, it's working from, from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, 
my team, they, they, they've done a, a fantastic job on, on having this balance on going to the plants where needed and support the teams, but also uh, being there for them, uh, working from, from wherever they are, they are. I have a, a great manager that he's, He's a Colombian, he was working in Chile and he just moved back to, to Colombia for a good reason. That's, uh, th there is no way for uh, uh, working from everywhere because he's getting married. <laughs> but he, he managed uh, his country from, from abroad for, for some months perfectly. It, that's what I'm saying. I think we've all learned quite a lot. In my own experience, my sister just relocated with her family to New Zealand from the States and she's still working in the States in her job. Uh, she adjusts her time a little bit. She doesn't know how long she'll do that, but both the employer and employee are happy to continue working in this kind of, you know, look, working in this kind of situation. And that's what I'm getting at. I think the flexibility that is the new normal is something that we couldn't have predicted. And when you talk about flexibility, one good thing is that th there will be, th there is a vaccine that is already here, uh, protocols to, to return for an office, uh, and we don't have to go to the office from eight to five. Uh, but we can go to office again to see people, to, to, yes. to have our coffee, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. No, so it, it will be an adaptation to, to have this balance point. Lastly, what advice, and I ask this question a lot because, you know, it's a hard question. Um, for those people that are supply chain leaders that are very much enthusiastic about what you talked about, about creating the kind of environment that is transformational, right? What advice would you give to them whilst they're busy doing their day job and handling, you know, volatility, complexity, COVID, uh, this pandemic has just been, you know, it's full on for everybody. So how does, so it's a very big comp question. How does a leader balance all of those out? Building for the future whilst, you know, whilst dealing with the present. No, I, I love this question. Look, that, there, there will be always in our lives the urgent matters, you know, and, and we have to separate what is important and what is urgent. Uh, what I normally say to, to my team or to, to young guys that come that is coming for, to the company is to take time to benchmark, take time to, to learn, take time to, to be on the floor. And uh, that was a, an interesting story uh, back to my first years in procurement. Uh, I had a, a fantastic lady that was managing uh, procurement for indirect. And she was sharing with me the, the, the strategy for warehousing and transportation. And I asked, have you been in a truck? Have you loaded a truck from the warehouse? Do you know how to do the, the picking? And she said, no, I've never been there. So you, you have to be there. You, know? you have mm -hmm. to go and learn and benchmark. Uh, so what I'd say is go and benchmark. The, your work, it's great because you put us together as professionals to learn from, from the best and learn from each other. Uh, having this type of session, having this type of opportunities uh, will, will make us a better professional. So get out of the urgent and try to find a, a time for the important. That is the best advice ever. Douglas Guillermo, thank you so much for being here, for taking part. I know you're going to be joining us on the 24th of March at the Transform Live event. Uh, so I, I look forward to seeing you there at that live broadcast. And I want to thank you for being here. I'm sure we'll see you much, many more times. Thank you. No, no, it was amazing to, to be here. And also, by the way, I just learned that you're from Chile. I was living in Chile, a fantastic country, a great, great country, great people. So thanks for the opportunity to be here. With great wine. I'm going to plug that there. You know, anybody that knows me and watches my podcast or listens to it, you know that I'm a wine aficionado. So uh, with a country <laughs> with great wine.
It is. It is indeed. Douglas, thanks so much. And uh, we'll catch you again. For those of you watching, we'll see you again on Transform TV. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.